This is Tuesday, May 24th. How strong are your powers of observation? Recently, I read a book entitled Upstream by a man named Dan Heath. The book is about how to deal with problems before they actually come. The point of the book is to teach people to see problems before they arise so they can deal with them before they cause, well, even greater problems. One of Heath's points is that our vision can be so focused that we miss the problems that are right beside us. He calls this the issue, the issue problem blindness. He explains that this means we are so focused on seeing situations in one way that we miss the problem right in front of us. To illustrate, he shares the illustration of a test used by radiologists that were reading CT scan images. Inserted into the image the radiologists were looking at was the figure of a small gorilla. <laughs> yes, you got that right. Would a radiologist scanning a slide or image see a gorilla inserted into that scan image? Actually, the answer is no. In the study, 20 of 24 missed seeing it. I'm not making this up. And it makes you wonder what else they may miss. It seems almost unbelievable when you see the image. But it's true. There was a gorilla right in the middle of the image, but they missed it. And they missed it because they're not looking for gorillas when they read the slides. And this is our problem as well. Now, I share this story because Paul began his message in Athens by telling them what he saw. As a Jewish follower of Jesus, he was uniquely attuned to see idols, sensitive to the way idols work in our world. And the residents of Athens, well, they were living in a veritable sea of false gods, and they took it all for granted. You see, they could, you could say they missed the gorilla on the scan. They admit had many gods, but missed the one true and living God. Here's how Paul speaks with them about it. This is Acts 17, verse 23 to 26. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. You see, the Athenians were so religious, they had a monument to a God they didn't even know the name of. The story behind this god was that a plague had broken out in Athens, and the Athenians sought relief from their twelve gods, but no relief came. Then the leaders sought help from whatever god might be able to help them, and the plague ended leaving them with a problem. How do they recognize the god that saved them? They don't know his name. So they erected a statue to the unknown god. They didn't want to leave this God out. Now, Paul saw this monument, and this opened the door for him to speak about the God that is unlike all of their gods. Paul says that this God, the one they do not know, well, he needs no monuments, no temples, and no servants. This God has all power. 
He made everything. A temple cannot contain this God. Actually, he is Lord of heaven and earth. You see, the truth is that none of us could know God if he didn't make himself known to us. God is so far beyond our comprehension that we would miss him entirely. We would not even know to be looking for him. And we would miss him even if he showed up. Yes, you could say that just like the Athenians, all of us have God blindness. But the good news of God is that God has shown up. And he has made himself known. He's revealed himself and made it possible for us to come to him. Now, of course, learning about this God will rock their world. Their gods were supported by the national religion. Each had a temple and cult practices that went along with them. They were institutions, you could say. Paul is speaking of the true and living God. Well, he needs nothing like that. Actually, human beings do not give God life. He is the one that gives life to all that is. Even the highest heavens cannot contain the Lord God. I like the way the king, that King Solomon prayed when he dedicated the temple, the first temple, to the Lord. He knew the temple could not house God. Here's how he prayed. O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on the earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house I have built. That's 1 Kings 8, 23 and verse 27. You see, Solomon had just completed the temple, but he knew the Lord. He knew God couldn't be confined to earth, much less his temple. Though the beauty of that building was stunning, the universe is not enough to hold the Lord, to contain him. One Christian mystic said, She had a vision of the Lord holding our entire universe like a walnut in his hand. The prophet Isaiah explains for us, Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. That's Isaiah 40, verse 15. You see, Paul tells the intellectuals in Athens about the Lord one whose greatness they cannot begin to fathom. And everything begins with the Lord, the one that made us and everything else that there is. This is also where we start as we live each day in the city. There is one Lord, God over all, and we seek to live before his face and in his presence and in communion with him. It is in bowing before him that we find our place in the world and in the city. Let's pray. Sovereign God, we stand before you in awe and wonder. We rejoice that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us in Jesus, that you have invited us to come to you. Give us this day a sense of your presence and power. Through Jesus we pray. Amen.